This is Speaking of Sports, a weekly podcast where we give you our take on sports' biggest stories and news. I'm your host, Ray Shipione, along with Coach Al Harris, Chad the Whiz Kid Grimley, and the Godfather, Chuck Grimley. Speaking of Sports is sponsored by Grimley Financial and produced by WildfirePodcast.com. So we are here, finally. We are finally all together. It did, but but uh, we made it. And uh, I want to say uh, thanks, Chuck, for uh, putting this all together and uh, coming up with this concept, which I think the uh, fans are just going to eat up. It's a good model. It's a good crew. Why don't you introduce everybody real quick? And we'll yes, get sir. I start we'll off with, I, I'll start off with the legend. Coach Al Harris, a South Jersey legend. And next we have the whiz kid, Chad Grimley, a St. Joseph Hawk. And finally, the uh, scratchy voice leader, the godfather. The, the, The guy's name on the sign above his head. Chuck, the Godfather, Grimley. Looking forward to a, a fun season. Uh, everybody's excited about Phillies baseball. We'll dive into that, and I think we got a great group, and we're going to have great content. We're going to try to keep. We're going to try to uh, let's say, uh, for lack of a better, untwist uh, some of the things you hear on the media that aren't said exactly accurate. Uh, we're going to try to add our own opinion. Some things that get a little exaggerate it and, and keep it real um so uh, we're well researched and we're looking forward to uh, to a fun season we are definitely well researched and to see the expression and to hear some of these sports writers uh faces when they hear the facts of their own stories chuck like yeah. like uh, i know you're you're a regular caller on these shows and um when you give them the facts and uh, it's not what they're reporting, they, they kind of go silent, huh, Chuck? Yeah, well, you know, a, lo- a lot of times they don't align with the media hype that they want. So, you know, the, we, we, we pick up hard and, and we're going to win an NBA championship and all of a sudden him and Embiid are the two best players on the court. Same thing. That kind of utter nonsense, you know, it, it creates a fear where people start believing this stuff and all the callers are, oh, we're going to win the NBA championship. And then somebody calls up and says, have you looked at the numbers when he was with the Nets that are starting to leak oil, nobody wants to hear it, and I'll tell you. No, and they scream at you. They make they make you the villain, though, for the, Chuck. For the next two weeks, Chuck from Cherry Hill was the villain. Chuck, okay? right, yeah. Mr. Negativity, blah, 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 blah. Now, on my way in this morning, uh, they were talking about Harden as a complete fourth quarter bust. That's what they're saying now. Can't be on the court. And, and that's not – I'm not anti-Harden at all. All we were talking about back then – was that his numbers have depreciated from anywhere close to his highs. If you look at his three-point shooting, where he was, where he leveled off to where he went as a net, it was right in front of you. If you look at his two-point uh, field goal, same thing. If you look at the turnovers, you look at his defense, you look at spread the numbers, but what people like to look at are, are points, assisted, you know, it's almost a, a triple-double and all that stuff. So um, we're seeing now what Harden's real value, value, is and it's not just assists, it's not just 21 points, it's what does he do to make the team better in the fourth quarter? He's made the team clearly worse for more than 10 straight games. 
Uh, and that's a problem because what are they going to do next year? Un- uh, unbelievable. So, so that's um, what we do here on uh, Speaking of Sports. We have uh, 14 topics usually, 14 to 15 topics. We give them each two and a half minutes. We have the uh, Jim. Jim, the producer, will give us the buzzer when we are. Now, it's nice and long for a minute, so we could, uh, for a reason, so we well, could actually get done our thoughts. It's also the buzzer from St. Pete's College. It was just in the NCAAs. It, it went, it That's went right. To the, to the final eight. Yes. So uh, they were nice enough to send us down their, their buzzer. Beautiful. They lost their buzzard and their coach. They lost their coach. <laughs> Three of their top players went there, into the portal. There that you go. Whole thing just disintegrated. Uh, as poor, it, poor as it does. Pete's. And that's mid-major athletics, hey, folks. You, you think know? any of those three might show up at Seton Hall? Yeah, right. No. Yeah. I, I don't think so. Cinderella, the pumpkin, and reality. You know? So look for Seton Hall next year, uh, <laughs> yeah. people, when yeah. you place your it, bets it, early. And it, it did take the coach too darn long. I mean, I don't think they were back inside I, the gym yet. They weren't know? on the bus. They, they weren't on the bus. He had a new job. <laughs> he was out. He was cool gone. Got back, so. so we have the topics. We we have the the buzzer. Two and a half minutes. We're each uh, allotted one overtime. Yeah. If if one we overtime. feel very strongly on a story, yeah. and I, I think we should just jump right in. And we're going to be candid and uh, thick skinned. That that's the rules of engagement for the players here. Let's get rolling. Absolutely. So we're going to start off with Brian Cashman. Cashman reflected on the Yankees' World Series drought. The last World Series, of course, was in 09 with uh, our beloved Phillies. Yeah, remember that? Yes. And lamented, the only thing that stopped us was so illegal and horrific, the Astros cheating in 2017. So Cashman stated the Yankees drafted right and were only denied due to the Astros cheating. I got to jump in first. Go ahead. Chad and I had dinner with Cashman. He came off like a guy that would keep it real, that would never alibi. How brutally candid was he talking about Steinbrenner? I can't even repeat it on this podcast because we're <clears throat> not X-rated. Uh, it's a family show. But he was unbelievably brutally candid and talked to him after dinner. And uh, we were kidding around and working for him and all that stuff. It's a scout. And um, he's the last guy in sports that I would have guessed would resort – to, to alibi and say, you know, it was, it was uh, illegal and horrific, yet Major League Baseball, allegedly, I don't know this for a fact, is going to come out and say the Yankees were, were cheating too. And, and I, don't, I don't know that, but why would you come out and say that's why we haven't been back since 09? Yeah. Other than that, we would have been 17 or 18, whatever. Uh, and, you know, all teams were doing it to some extent. Right. Obviously, the Astros were a little bit dumb in how they carried it out. Yeah, sure. I have this question for for Al and Ray, who've coached between the 2,000 games. How on earth were trash cans being banged in sequence, <laughs> not picked up by the players? So they're pretty in tune to what's going on. They, they observe signals. They observe who's doing what in the other dugout to the you know, micro – how did the players miss trash cans being? I don't know. I mean, that's uh, – how do you – I mean, the, the umpires, how did they not notice? They hear, they hear people uh, uh, disputing balls and strikes, Yeah, but they can't hear trash cans? They might have heard them, Ray, but they couldn't pick up the code. As yeah. the oh, it was Morse code, sure. <laughs> 
like symbols. It's what, it's. What do you think of it, Al Cashman's comments? It sounds like you know you know him, and it sounds like a cop out to me to yeah. a degree. You know, I mean, he, great talent with the Yankees and so forth, and yeah. they, I'm sure we all agree they should win more than they do. Absolutely. And how do and, and Tampa Bay and Oakland? How the hell do they win like they do? But that's a story for another day. Yeah, I uh, I agree. I think that he's probably frustrated. The Yankees have only won two World Series now in the past twenty years or so. So, I think he's probably frustrated and looking for a quick excuse here. Uh, who paid for dinner? Uh, it was part of a charity, so we had sent a check in, oh. and there was like twelve guys and, and stuff like that. Yeah. So, Bingo. Chuck paid <laughs> as long as that uh, buzzer is. The God, <laughs> the Godfather ate the tab. Yes, he did. Okay, we have Ruben Amaro, WIP comments. The ex-Philly GM, an interested candidate for a major league GM job, stated last week on WIP, quote, I don't believe in all these defensive numbers like defensive run saved and defensive war. I don't buy it. I just believe in the eye test. Wow. Al? Well, I never knew he was a... On a college, I mean, you know, but an eye doctor, shall we say, <laughs> to make a comment like that, the eye test. Uh, yes. Way out. Yeah, I will concur with, with, with Al there. That's just, that comment is is just so not it current with how, how a, a GM needs to be looking at the team. Yeah, you can do a lot with your eyes, but can you exactly tell – every little detail that like a defensive run save is going to capture or the range that someone is doing it's just not as comprehensive um it's really like saying using fielding percentage to say whether someone is a good field or not i mean fielding right. percentage is a good starting point right but it doesn't tell you that they you know should have called a ball that they ran 50 feet for that dropped and it you know didn't count as an error um so just really really bad comments uh by reuben if I were to say to – and he wants to get back in as a GM, and that's <laughs> the part that makes it really unbelievable because every time he's being seen or heard, yep. let's face it, he's on one long interview to get back in baseball. He's doing a nice job, by the way, on the MLB channel. I saw him, I think, Tuesday. Uh, but he wants to get back in the, in, in the front office. But here's a good example of where it's not the eye test. If you stop and ask um, fans that have watched Utley and Trio – Better second baseman defensively. Forget offense. There's no comparison. Most of them are going to say trio. You know, the arm, the smoothness, the range. Sure. Okay. On That's the eye test. That's the eye test. The yeah. eye test would thank, tell you that. Thank you, Coach. On D. War, Utley's about 70th all-time baseball. Not second baseman now. This is the one that starts with Ozzie Smith. That wow. goes to Cal Ripken. God, yeah. All, by the way, Bob Boone is 17th. Of all players ever played. That's amazing. And Booney had a nice Se- career. Seasons with 62% runners thrown out. 60. That's unheard of today. 62%. It's unheard of. <laughs> and, and, and you <laughs> never hear of Boone's arm. Do you no, ever hear of him no. having a cannon? But to get that highly ranked, he had to be great defensively in everything. Blocking. Sure. Framing before framing. Like, you know, whatever. Absolutely. So, so Amaro knows he's being watched. He makes a comment like that. He really, really stamps himself as, as antiquated. Uh, I mean, that's just unbelievable. I, I got five seconds left. I agree, and I can't believe he put that <laughs> on yeah. radio. I'm going to use my overtime. <laughs> I hope I don't have a, need a, another one down the road, but I, I just want to complete that. 
Yeah, it's okay. That's yep. okay. Play that bad buzz. Our okay. first overtime. Yeah, overtime. So Utley ranks in, in that uh, D-War, uh, and they rank all players. So eventually you'll see your guy uh, in the top 100. Again, I think he's 78. Uh, Manny Trio on D-War is 528. Now, some wow. people will be a smart out and come back and say, oh, more years played, more chances. You get a, a, a little notch for every chance. Both 16, 17 years played. Uh, the, the thing is, Utley, and I talked to Bo about this, he was so heady per pitch that he was self-adjusting before the shift, going back into the little pocket out So there he made it look easy. Guys that could have got jammed. Yeah. And Utley did, and he got better for it. He, he could outrun Trio. I mean, look at his stolen base percentage. That comes up later. He's way faster than Trio. So he get the more balls, and he's taller. So he's, he's a bigger player, faster player, sm- and smarter player. And that adds up per game at 162 per year times 16 seasons of it. You end up being 500 places higher than Manny Trio. That's and he not passed eye test. Well, I well you're right, but he did pass the eye test to me. Remember all the diving catches he used to make? Yeah, but I mean separating people by eye test. Right? Oh, absolutely. Right, right. He, yeah, he, many people say uh, Trio would be higher. Well, we proved that wrong. Or Chuck proved that wrong. And I'm going to prove myself wrong. I go to so many doctors, I threw out oncologists. I meant ophthalmologists. Yeah, we yes. We, we had That's you. okay. We had you at hello. <laughs> Absolutely. Aaron Nola, guys. Oh, nice topic. Aaron Nola's coming off a career worst. 4.63 ERA. Home runs per nine innings are up. How concerned are you? about Aaron Nola as a winning big league pitcher and number two pitcher for our fighting Phillies. Right. I'm going to go big here and say this is the most important year of Nola's career. If you have another bad year here, it's I, I, the confidence that, that people are going to have in him is, is going to be gone. Right now, it's, yeah, he had a bad year, but he has multiple good years before that. Can he bounce back? But it's a similar stuff that we've seen before with Nola. He has a career ERA at home of 3.1 and away 4.2. He needs to get better on the road. He needs to do that this year because at home he always seems to do a good job. He needs to get better on the road and get back to you know, get those ERAs back towards the mid threes, mid or upper threes. Can he get better on the road, bud, when teams don't get better on the road? All numbers depreciate on the road versus home. How does Nola get better on the road? Well, if he wants to be – some type of ace like he's shown before in 2018 when he had a 2.3 ERA, then you have to do good on the road. Look at the good pitchers. They do good home and away. Yeah. You know, he I can see that thing. maybe hitting home and away. Ray, he coached a long time. He played a long time. What is it about pitchers on the road that aren't as effective? I, if the team plays worse, the ERA is, is worse. I get it. But their actual pitching statistics like control and strikes and location – also suffer if you study that stuff, advance that, that metrics on the road. You know, far and mound, mound yeah, the same I mean, height, right? Yeah, it's, it's supposed to be, but uh, it's tough, Chuck. I mean, it, maybe the it's, hotels the, it's, are their, really, it's their bed. I, I don't know what. Are, you know, they got the five-ply sheets nowadays. I mean, you know. It, it's, uh, I, I'm not yeah, sure, Chuck. I mean, a, to me, a good player should perform home and away. Um, a, a lot of people think it's just the way he throws. I mean, are are, are you uh, – a lot of people have been predicting this guy is going to have arm problems. Maybe he does. I mean, I, I'm not – I just see him throw 
sidearm sometimes, and it just not over the top. If you're right. going to be worse on the road, you can't be as bad as Nola is on the road. Look at Wheeler. Last it's twice year. as bad. I know. Yeah, it's it, there's no Wheeler's a two point four at home and a three point three on the road. Right. Good that's point. not obviously he's worse on the road, but he's still a very very good pitcher. Extremely when he competitive. Still shows up on the road. Nola seems to fall apart, and I, I think th- that's where it's so mental with Nola, where it's always been that it's struggle to adapt. There. Chad, could it be their routine? You know, at home you have a routine where they're in there at three o'clock. They're getting you know massaged, and then they come back for BP and and throw in and and long tossing. I, I don't know. That's the buzzer. Maybe it's right. home cooking. You, you it is. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. All right, guys. Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers defended James Harden in his post game after the Detroit loss, saying, "Quote: He showed up." In the fourth quarter, in the previous Milwaukee and Phoenix losses in the fourth quarter, the stats show drastically a different story. Harden's fourth quarter stats in the last six games, Detroit and back, are 4 for 18, 22%. 2 for 10, 20%, with eight turnovers. Showed up okay. Yes, he did. (laughs) Coaches consistently lie to fans or, Chuck, are Don't they know. not aware of the numbers? It, this is why I'm going to love this podcast. I know one person right now smiling at home, my, my buddy Pete. You know, Al, do they not know? Evidently. Do they, I mean, you, you know he's going to cover for his player. That's conventional wisdom. We know that. But sometimes the way they say it, you, you, I've heard other coaches, you're like, you know what, buddy? You're not looking at the stats. You're not diving in. You're not li- listening to your people in the analytic department and whatnot. You may not know this because to the eye test to coach, he hit a, he, the one of the four was a big three. So Harden's fine. I don't know, right? Do, do they know? Are they fibbing? Is it intentional or are they not doing the homework? I think they saw the first four games against bad teams, Chuck, and uh, thought that uh, they were going to win the championship. But, I mean, the statistics that you have will will – prove otherwise yeah i agree i think it's just a defense there of uh of harden this doctor just trying to defend him the fact that he's not playing near what what people hoped he would so he loses credibility right bud yeah but um it's expected i mean he's not gonna throw harden under the bus but it's just it's uh it's disappointing because harden has this big name he comes to town with with everyone knows what he can do but i don't think they realize that he hasn't you know, in, but wait, Chuck, time now. He, he would want to say something about Harden that did throw him under the bus, but then he got the stats wrong to save him. It was kind of weird. But the last play. time Doc told the truth about a player, yeah, we right. know what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's not here no longer. One of the games, I think it was the Milwaukee loss, they're down 10 or 12 with like a little over two minutes to go. Harden's bringing the ball over. Taking his time. Now, I would think the word urgency was definitely there. you got to try and bang some threes to get in the game if you have a chance at all. He took his time coming over half court and did the back and forth dribble until there was like four seconds left on the clock. He doesn't, I mean, he doesn't know what he wants to do, and he knows he's not the second elite player that Embiid needs. Here's the problem. Embiid knows he's not the second elite player that Embiid needs. So Embiid starts saying, i got to do this myself. You know, Now, that's nothing like team basketball. Spacing the whole bit. And uh, it's been a disaster. Now, what are they going to do next year? Oh, God. I, I mean, you know, I, I think we have more space on Harden on our show here today. We do. Harden per se. We do. 
and the assist that he oops there we go hey what do you know we're going to talk about the Harden trade so the day of the Harden trade the Sixers give up Seth Curry Drummond Ben Simmons two number one draft picks for ostensibly just Harden the city and sports talk radio were all jubilant, saying some Embiid and Harden are a dynamic duo as Kobe and Shaq. The reaction was overwhelming, save for one of our podcast team members, Chuck Grimley, who went on public saying, quote, Harden has deteriorated significantly the last year in every category and plays absolutely zero defense. Throw in four or five turnovers a game, and this trade will go down as the worst trade in Sixers history. What say you, panel? I definitely think it could be. Years back, they had a trade with Jeff Rule and come and damage goods yep. from Washington. Absolutely. And that was a horrible trade and everything. And another thing with, about with Harden, people don't realize his assists are still up around nine or ten but at least three quarters of them are to pick and roll with mb where mb shooting so well empty assist empty assist empty re- yeah to your point and the rebounds nowadays for the whole team because they don't put emphasis on rebounding so the whole team is starting to transition and there's the ball coming to the guy with nobody else it, it, the days of box out and pound and every it, it doesn't exist um kobe and Shaq and Embiid and hard and these were responsible people on, you know, NBA channels. Sure. Not just the radio, uh, talking heads. These were responsible. That people are, are, the biggest names. I think this is what really propelled our show. I, I, I think when I heard the comparison to Kobe and Shaq. Right. Okay. And, of course, he had the monster first two games. Yeah. And I was like, what a red herring. This is unbelievable. And now no one knows that he's going to be a bust. And if he's not a bust in the playoffs, and I'm wrong, I'm moving out of town. But so, really, so far so Ooh, good. We got that on record, huh? <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's uh, I think he will be uh, end up being a bust. I mean, he's 32 now. He he's not producing near what he was before. A few years back, he did 34 points a game. Now he's down to a consistent 22 points a game. A lot of minutes. That's too. a really big drop for yeah. only going from 30 years old to 32 years old. All right, Chad. But what do you do? Do you keep Simmons? What would you have done this year? Well, you can't I keep that cancer on your team. Simmons, he had to be traded in the offseason. The longer we waited, the less leverage we had. He had to be traded in the offseason. Sixers had to be more in front of this. But they didn't. The, the fact that they waited so long, I don't think they really could have gotten much more because there's no leverage when the guy is saying publicly, I'm not playing for this So is, would you have it made was, this trade? It was orchestrated with the GM that Harden was coming here. I think that was from absolutely from day one. Day, day one, even day when one. he absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, even when he got traded yeah. to the wrong team, he yep. was still coming here. And the problem. So, what would you do if I were the GM of the Sixers? Well, a, he wouldn't have been here. No. I, I would have right. traded him if I had to have Harden midseason. I'm if uh, Simmons midseason. Yeah, some trades better than nothing because Simmons is never going to play. Absolutely, so and that, that's my off with Harden. That's my but take. He's not producing. That's yeah. my take. Yeah. Oh. What do you? What do you do? Okay, that's that sound you just heard. Yes. is not Harden draining the three step back. Okay, <laughs> let's, let's be clear about that, Coach. Woo. Boy, we're 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 shifting. We're rolling. Uh, I'm, here we go. I'm rolling. The Major League Baseball Ghost Runner. Special Major League Baseball committee voted to bring the ghost runner back. 
Tenth inning, runner starts on second base. Major League Baseball wants to avoid long extra innings, hence the ghost runner. Howard Eskin and Ray Diddy are both strongly against the ghost runner, yet both guys are adamant about shorter major league games. Go figure. Go figure. Yep. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm to start off on yep, this one. Yep. Um, I hate it. I hate it because... <laughs> How do you really feel? <laughs> Stop sugarcoating. Come on. I, I just think we are getting away from the, the, the pure game of mm. baseball. And I just think, like everything else in this country, and we won't get into that, we're just making up rules to satisfy people, and it's not working. You're still having four-hour games. It, it's it, Moving a runner to second... And extra innings doesn't help. I'm all, I'm against 18 inning games, Chad. That kill you, kill your pitching staff, and you got the right fielder pitching. That's all BS. Mm-hmm. But all, they got to figure something else because this this is absolutely childlike. I I will say that just from a purely entertainment perspective, do I enjoy seeing more action, having a ghost runner on? Yes. However, I am more leaning towards your side, Ray, because it does feel gimmicky in the game. Gimmicky. All of a sudden. Chad, and why why doesn't – okay, why don't they bunt him over to third and safety squeeze him home? Game over. Why don't they do that, Chad? Because that's the joke. Tommy and Big Trotman, where are you? That's the joke. This is the big leagues, and all of a sudden it's extra innings and there's a guy standing there on second base. Correct. I don't like it. I don't like the feel of it. It doesn't feel like the big leagues. It feels like I'm in high, I'm in a high school That's ball it's, or something. It's, it's softball elimination rules. I'd yeah. rather see a home run derby. Take your top three hitters. I would like that. Throw them, throw them <laughs> five pitches each, and, and whoever has the most. It's I almost like, like uh, hockey I with like the, you know, I, I the penalties. I would have given it an inning of natural baseball. Okay, I would have given it the tenth, and I would put it in the eleventh because, you know, three hours and eleven minutes. Uh, is long. You can't have 18 inning games. Not only do the fans not want it, you always, I always admire the 4,000 fans in the state of the 20th inning. Correct. <laughs> you know I mean? Correct. But, but what it does to the team's bullpens, they, yes. they're just useless for the next yes. week. Absolutely. Burned out, so it's not good for Major League Baseball. And you don't want to see the right fielder pitching, do you, do, no. do you Chuck? But I also like, to your point, I'm always managing when I see that guy on second. To your point, I'm bunting him over. And I'm walking the next guy for the double play. They never do that. Never if do I that either. If I get a guy on second, I'm not worried about a two-run inning. So I'm walking you. Yeah. It's like they forget how to coach. All Set right, the sticking, double play up, right? Yeah. St- sticking with baseball, yeah. we got more. Stolen bases and small ball. Wow. Yeah. This has uh, worked out perfectly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. WIP TV media often talk about Quote, the lost excitement of the stolen base, and we need to get back the stolen base in baseball. Well, in 2021, five of the best major league teams, including the World Series champion Atlanta Braves, were in the bottom 10 in stolen bases. Only on this podcast. That's right. Conversely, the top five teams in stolen bases, Kansas City, San Diego, Cleveland, Texas, Miami, didn't make it to the postseason. Clearly, winning teams are not willing to trade the potential out to manufacture a small ball run. Ooh, it's just well-researched. Man, I've been taking a <laughs> Nice job, Shoot. buddy. Uh, this is fascinating, the way you, you stack that. I yes. Mean, uh, 
I'm speechless. Go ahead, Al. <laughs> <laughs> Anymore you hear you want the three-run homer and so forth. You know, I'm like you. I'm a proponent of strategy and so forth and creating situations and making the defense do something different. Right. But here it's so mechanical. I think you're cheapening the game with a gimmick. Now, right. the 11th inning, Chuck, I think it's a good idea. But that 10th inning to start off with the second – and, and yet the strategy is gone, and, and bunting it over, and now all of a sudden the defense have to pull the infield in, and, and you create a whole different situation rather right. than have that guy just standing on second base, and maybe he's there two outs later. We switched to stolen bases, though. Do you have a comment on that? That's a joke. Uh, no, it's uh, stolen bases. I can remember Davey Lopes when the Phillies had great running because yeah. he – and they let him go for, you know, a few dollars, whatever. But they stole a lot more bases because Davey Lopes was a proponent of the timing and all that. And but So how do you count for the teams that had the most stolen bases being the worst in baseball? That's a – they couldn't hit. Well, that, that, that's why they're doing Chuck. That's why well, they, they changed everything about <laughs> baseball. And right. they're, now they're swinging from the bottom of their yeah. heels because they're, they're showing that you don't need to. I, I'll never forget, I was watching t- t- TCU, one of the top college programs in the world, and uh, he, wasn't, he, he wasn't bunting on a clear situation where, where he you know, should have bunted. And I, I emailed him after the game. Was, I'm friends with the coach, and I said, Slosh, why aren't you bunting in the 12th inning? I, I don't understand. He says, we don't bunt. We will never, Period. We will never give up and out. Ever, he said, we are, right. you know, we're, we're swinging away. And, and, it, and it's unbelievable. I think the best managers in today's games are the guys that totally trust and respect analytics, know how to blend analytics. Because, you know, the fans out there, a lot of no disrespect implied, they, they take stats, they'll read stats or advanced stats and call them analytics. Right. You know, they originate. And what you're going to do with stats to win or a ball game is analytics. You know how I shift is based on the statistical information that I've got, and I put my ad- correct ad- analytics. Correct, but oh, I've used my overtime. Darn it! <laughs> you already used your yeah. overtime. I almost took mine there, but I won't. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> here we go. Two great names you want to say fast five times. Ready? Schwarber and Castellano. Phillies added power bats. Kyle Schwarber. And Nick Castellanos. Immediately, fans and media started proclaiming that this could be the best Phillies lineup ever and the best in the National League and the National League East. In reality, the Phillies' top seven hitters in 2022 carry a career OPS of 809. Shockingly, that's only third... Get this, Chuck. In the National League East. How about the research coming out of this team? Man? Unbelievable. Are we hot today or are we hot, man? We're I'll on fire. Get Damn. the water and put me out. <laughs> Both the Mets, Alonzo, McNeil, Linder, yeah. Nemo, Smith, Marte, Marte Cano, yeah. and Atlanta, Albies, Swanson, Riley, Ozuna, Acuna, Olsen, Duvel. Both have a higher OPS at 825 
This stat will stagger Phillies fans and the Philly media. And you remember, there's no R in Albies. <laughs> is there no? Did I say it was? That's a little I, oh, that's right. Yeah. There is no, no R in Albies. That's yeah. Coach Al hates that. That's his little pet peeve. <laughs> that's all right. Okay, go ahead, bud. Here we go. Get a nice roast beef sandwich. It, it, it's Arby's. it's, it's <laughs> inside right. joke. Inside joke, but it wasn't Coach Al. Go ahead. Going. go ahead, Coach. <laughs> Way to smooth that. That was yeah, that yeah, was yeah. nice. Yeah, I, get, you know what? <laughs> I like the Arby's. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, somebody out possible sponsor. Someone out there's picking up on that. <laughs> Absolutely. We, if, if you really listened last year, we'll be able to know now. Okay. Absolutely. Ahead, I will just say that uh, just real quick. I am extremely excited to see Castellanos. I think he's going to be an absolute stud in the lineup. And him and Harper, any type of combination of those guys knocking people in, it's going to be really exciting to see. I mean, last year he had a hundred RBIs. 95 runs. He's an overall just absolute stud hitter. So it's going to be fun. Schwarber, I don't know. I'm just wondering about defensive <clears throat> replacements later on. And that Phillies I heard today coming in that they brought up some obscure outfielder just to have another body you know, defensively and everything. So I guess Verling's going to have the center field spot to himself for at least a month to see if he proves that he can be hit. You know, he had a nice September last year to see if he can hit left and right-handed because everybody thought you're going to platoon him with Moniak the way Moniak's been playing. Real bad break with uh, Moniak. Man, Absolutely. Look, look what this kid puts into his career. Boa said he was going to be good. He said he's, he called him a field rat. Uh, works, you know, as hard as anybody. I've met his parents, great people, and you watch his kid struggle batting, you know, 120 and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, you move him up on the plate, by the way, Charlie Manuel said that he tried and i think he did because moniac was quoted just last week and something i read read of many many journals and he said i didn't trust other batting coaches that recommend that i get up on the plate he right. said that and he said but i had a trust from the beginning with long you know, kevin long i think and uh he guy's got a, a great track record Moves him up like you think you should have moved Howard up all those years. Yeah, right. Watching Howard oh. on those lefty sliders have it was no awful chance. It was it was just awful. And I I saw the home run he hit the other day, and he hit it because he was up on the plate. I mean, it, it was like middle in, uh, or what, I'm sorry, middle way, and he was up close enough to go get it, and uh, and he get it broken hand. What, what bad break? No pun intended, right? Uh, <laughs> All right, I'm going to call an overtime my overtime. And I just want to say this. Until I heard Chuck's stats and Chad's stats on both these two guys that we got, okay, Castellanos and um, Schwarber, I cannot believe you got to replace Brad Miller's 20 home runs, 50 RBIs, and McCutcheon. Okay, don't just look at the average because that might have been bad, but 24 home runs. And over 50 RBIs. 24 so, doubles, 27 home runs. So okay. there you go. Stop most people in the street say he calls us sports fans outside of uh, Citizen Bank and say, how many runs and how many RBIs did McCutcheon have last year? Real quick, I, I want to drive over the stadium and do it. No one will know. They'll say he batted 240. Nobody will say 80 and 80. It was actually 70 and 80. No one's going to give you 160. They're going to say something like 55, 60. So to your point, you have to. To replace that first. Correct. Which I think Schwerber will just about do. Right. So your new guy, Castellanos, has to replace Brad Miller, who was 20 and 50. Correct. So if he hits 40, he's 20 home runs better. And if he hits 90, right, 
So that 40 RBIs divided by 162 games. Now you have the answer, Phillies fans, calling in the radio sports talk, how come their win total in Vegas only went up a few That's when they right. picked up both these guys? They were like an 83, now they're like an 86 because Castellanos' war is a 3.5. Minus one guy, add back the other, add it all up. You go up three, four wins. That's why. No one and do you it. think Vegas knows what they're talking yeah, about? That, but nobody wants to pay attention <laughs> no. to the, to the no. advanced data, whatever the hell they call it. You know? All right. And uh, as Coach Al alluded to earlier, the great Davey Lopes. Well, we're going to tell you how great this guy is as a coach. And it's remarkable. Uh, Major League Baseball, all-time history-making record of Philly stolen bases. Records under Davey Lopes from 2007 to 2010. Check this out. Remarkable. Utley, God, 59-62 for a 95% third all-time Major League best at 87%. Worth 55 for 62, 90%, sixth all-time best at 85%. Rollins, 95 for 107, 90%, 33rd all-time at 82%. And Victorino, 120 out of 144 for 84%. It gets better. 17th all-time at 86%. Keep reading, Raven. Yes, sir. The Phillies' top four from 2007 to 2010, their base dealers under Davey Lopes were combined 326 Okay, out of 377 for an eye-opening 88%, placing four players in the top 35 in Major League Baseball history. Even the vaulted 85 speed demon St. Louis Cardinals with Coleman, Herr, Smith, McGee, God, I remember that team, who stole over 300 bases, had their best for it only 82%. Below the Phillies' top four, under Davey Lopes, who had an 83% lifetime stolen base percentage himself. And they let this guy walk. I'm just going to add this for $100,000. Great job, guys. What do we think? How did all these stolen bases change so many games with runs? Oh, God. Uh, it's you know you always saw Lopes with the stopwatch. You always saw the players always always checking in with him to talk. Okay. Yep. I mean we know Utley was quick earlier in the podcast. We talked about his speed, but fifty nine out of sixty two. I, I mean, come I, I on. never but, Chuck. I, mean, I never knew this. You knew Worth was quick in terms of long strides. Okay, not sprinter speed necessarily long strides, but fifty five out of sixty two. Rollins ninety five out of one hundred and seven. Victorino. Basically, you didn't throw out any Phillies runners no. for that passage of time under Lopes. No. What did that do to the baseball games, Al? And a hundred thousand dollars is like peanuts. You're talking peanuts. guys making sixty, eighty hundred. That's no respect. More. That's just no How, respect. What did he have to prove to remain? And he wanted to stay. I know. Do you think Lopes just wanted to go back home? I mean, it's, it's, no. I mean, I just I think it was it was those. a sign of disrespect, co- uh, uh, Coach. I oh, mean, I mean, uh, for. For what they give these – listen, they could have sold, you know, his jersey probably netted that much. I mean, it's just it's just a joke. And But these statistics are absolutely insane. This is good. I insane. Th- I, I think it's really – it's a great re- – really looks good for both Lopes as the coach there to be able 
to do all that math and with that stopwatch and know that, hey, if Utley's stealing, he, he, I know he can get it. He'd tell him it he also looks got great this. on the players, though, how much trust they had in him to yeah. say, okay, look, yeah. I don't – because as a player, you don't always know if you have a base stolen or not, but your coach is telling you he's got it measured out down to fractions of a second. And he says, look, if you just do your normal thing, you're going to be safe here. And that's really impressive that, that the players have that much trust in him and Lopes could have that ability. And the, the results are really fantastic. But does any fan – even no. think about the no. importance of a first base coach? No. I don't think I mean, so. Very I mean, few. you know what I'm saying? We all go he, out with the, I had the stopwatch, not, too, and the players the, would say, what's he at? Not you that Utley <laughs> wasn't a student of the game enough to know what pitch was going to come. It was, it was 2-0. Uh, or 2 is a better example. That he was going to bounce one. But Lopes would remind you with a, with a, a, a code. Okay, it mm-hmm. was it was never hey get ready to steal he's going to bounce. Of course, there. he had a code to remind the base runners this is a pitch that's going to be a breaking ball or something like that. Good pitch to go, and so they were never missing the best pitch to steal on. Right? I wish I had a damn overtime like you. Yeah, but I anyway, <laughs> I own the joint and I still have. Only I one, I you know, know and you're you're done too. <laughs> um, <laughs> the next championship team. Philadelphia fans at large disagree about what sports franchise has the next championship good level one. team. This is a good one. Eagles, Sixers, Phillies, and you're right. It is safe to omit the oh, Flyers poor here. Flyers. God, God they're awful. Them. Oh, my Lord. Uh, how about a spirited debate regarding their favorite team to advance and win a world championship? We're going to go with age here, Coach There Al. he is. Well, I'm going to go with the Eagles. I think uh, they're making the right moves and so forth. Wow. Howie Roseman Man. has got all that money, so he's got to earn it. Oh. I, I love their trade they just did. I really do. And I think if you can surround Hertz, I could be dead wrong a year from now and say, oh, yeah, didn't know what you are talking about. I think – and I know it's, te- it's tough to teach a quarterback to touch and so forth, but I think you surround him with that extra receiver or two. And the running game has proved that yet with the offensive line, I think they're on the right path. With hey, yeah, Coach, I got some good news and some bad news. Which one do you want first? Well, the good news is we're on record. You just put it on record. The bad news is you said the Eagles. Ah, that's <laughs> it's hard to get out of smile. I think we said we're going to learn about the other two you. just don't jump out yeah, at me either. That's what do you right. got, Bud? I think it's going to be the Sixers. Uh, I think th- that they have the best potential. I mean, they're a consistent playoff team right now. And if they can sign maybe one more piece or maybe something crazy even happens in, in this, this playoffs, you never know. I think that the, the best odds right now are the Sixers to be the next championship winner. Okay. I'm going nice. to be called such a predictable home run is what I say <laughs> the Phillies. Listen, Dombrowski's got a great track record. He is building offense over pitching right now in defense. We know that. Um, just think about one more move. Now that they're over the cap, we get that. But just think about one more move. We're, we're think if they had a league closer right sure. on top of that, man. Uh, their starting five isn't terrible because you have to look at the other pitching uh, in, in baseball where most of your, your third guys are hovering around four ERAs. Not the old days of 2.2, 2.4, 3.1, 3.4. Those days are gone. Even So, yeah, I do think it's the Phillies. Um, they're going to hit a lot. 
Uh, I just think their move, a July move, look what Atlanta did last year with four players they added in July, which made up almost all their postseason statistics, right? I think it's the Phillies. Got to save time for Big big Daddy here. Philadelphia Flyers <laughs> will win, and I'm going to tell you why. Are you serious? Absolutely. Are you serious? We got to get Absolutely. You know why? Jimbo. Because they're going to unload the whole franchise after okay. this year, right. and the fans aren't going to put up with it, and they will. With four seconds left, be the next championship in the city. Let me hear it, Jim. One of each. <laughs> That's why I actually did it, so it was one each. Oh, <laughs> All right, so we got one of each. One of each. That's right. The DH in the National League, fellas. Sports world seems 50-50 divided over the use of the designated hitter in the National League. In 2021, National League pitchers batted 110 with a rather atrocious OBA of 150. They don't walk. Does the panel prefer the universal DH, and if so, why? May I? Go, Chuck. Number one, come on now. It's not a wiffle ball league. You had to make both uh, National League and American League consistent with with a major rule. This is an extra batter, the, the professional hitter or not. You just can't have one style in the American League in a different. You know, I agree. It, it, are you going to be kidding me? The rules aren't the same. So if somebody just landed from Mars right now and said, "Oh, I heard baseball's really good," blah blah blah, and I said, "Yeah, we got to understand something. The American League is a major different rule than National League." I thought they were playing on a level playing field. Uh-huh. They have a little thing there, symbol for that one. But you got, you got to put you got to put the, the, the teams with the same rules, okay? And that makes for a drastic – look, check out the amount of runs American League team score. Then they got to come into a National League city, and they, they got to have – all of a sudden, the pitcher has to bat. Right. Then they got to adjust all that in the World Series. It's nonsense that they didn't have the same rule. So, yeah, they're going to – Take it away, and you're not going to take any offense right now away from baseball where you had to add it, okay? I, I agree with you. Yeah, period. Had had to add, and it's that simple. It's that simple. How do you have two different things? I never, never made never sense, made sense never to made me sense. either. Chad, you're next. I uh, am really happy the DH is here. I just don't think people want to really want to watch a pitcher hit anymore. It's more exciting having another hitter in there in the lineup who can actually hold the bat and do a good job. And I think it'll be good. It should make the game more entertaining. So, yeah, I'm absolutely for it. I know there's a nice history of the pitcher, and there's some, like, stories I heard on ESPN before, which is awesome for the history of the game. But I think we're beyond that at this point. The game needs, needs desperately needs entertainment. And you, and you know why, bud? Because the hitters no longer work on the craft. Correct. They don't work yeah, on the Correct. Yeah. at all. There were yeah. some hitters about it, 220. They're, you know, guys. Rick Wise hit two home runs oh, in uh, one game when he threw uh, a no-hitter and stuff like that. The lefty for the Giants helped me out, Al. The uh, pitcher for the Giants was a good hitter. Montefus? Uh, no, uh, Bumgardner. And, uh, oh, Madison oh, Bumgardner. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Thanks for making me work. But the uh, but <laughs> they don't work <laughs> on hitting anymore. Uh, Absolutely. Guys, I talked to a guy that last year on vacation. His last name is Pope in the system of the Cardinals. And he said, my son doesn't swing the bat at all. And so, how do you – it's so embarrassing that they literally – to have a guy stand there. And you give him a damn jacket when he gets on the bases. It's with, ridiculous, with, coach. With, with men on base, you know what they do? They tell him to strike out. They don't want the double play. Correct. That's exactly right. Correct. Yeah. Only here on the podcast do you hear that revelation. Finally, a short uh, intro here. 
The Eagles trade with the Saints. It's an open discussion, boys. Will somebody straighten out? I stopped reading it when I saw 1928, 36, 150 versus what happened. Tell me what happened with the the Eagles. uh, Well, this year they – go ahead, Coach. You go first. I like it a lot. Me too. Go ahead. What did they do? Can you tell everybody what they did? Well, they had 15, 16, and 19. Okay. So they gave up the 16 to only drop to 18 and, you know, get still keep that whatever. So they're going to get another draft choice next year when the quarterback thing is going to be bust. That's where Hertz is going to come in Correct. to try and prove himself for this year. Correct. So they're, they're doing that in mind well, the next spread year. Spread it out. Okay. two number ones. And they get one next year number one. Okay. So yeah. They, right. So that will give them two next oh, year. Oh, okay. Okay. So they spread. And another second now. Yeah, yeah. another second. And I think there might be even a third in there. So, so by spreading your assets, you can assess Hurts next year. You don't have all the signings you have to do at the same. So three, you're you're still getting ones. you're still getting it. your two number ones this year. I got it. Okay, and they're loading up for next year because yeah. this is a big showcase it's year, a, a, and they will go after a, a quarterback next year. It's a great trade. What the heck was the were the Saints thinking? It's fantastic. And here's another thing too. What the you got? Hell? Jameis Winston is going to be the quarterback. With the Correct. Saints. So there lost, are six six. Shane. Yep, Peyton, Sean Payton, and another yes. lineman. They might be a top ten, or maybe down in the top Correct. five. Correct, Chuck. Year. That could be a top five. You, and that's 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 what they're gambling on. Yeah. They could have moved up from fifteen to five, or even yeah. ten. Right. Five spots is huge. Right. And then they trade that pick because they could either get whoever's available you or have whoever's a, you have coming an up in the draft with the quarterback. That's right. And you need one. You of get, course, get, he. Oh, he get the guy a second season. That's My right, Lord, Chuck. He right? he is owed that for making the playoffs. Chad, what do you got? Coming in hot here, buddy. I, you got nothing on football. I think that it, <laughs> yeah. well, number one, I think I do I do tend to like the trade a little more. I think it shows though that right now looking at the Eagles, at least how how he's probably viewing them is he doesn't think that this team is ready to win. Good point. Yet. Yep. Next mm-hmm. year, the, despite the fact that they made the playoffs and, and got embarrassed, um, that was kind of expected, they're not ready to win yet. Maybe by this time next year, after they have a full another season with Hurts, maybe Hurts is the guy we get that ne- next assessment, another assessment year. And now we have two first-round picks in 2023 to really see what can we do now, what, where can we improve this team to be ready to win. Take your overtime, Chad, please. I'll take it. I'll All right, take overtime. It. Real quick, me and Al got. I'll, I'll go first, and, I, and I'll kick it over to you. They're going to get uh, some nice defensive help this year with two picks, and then next year go get their quarterback. Go ahead, Al. Well, it gives them leverage. I'm I'm not sure that they're not going to make another move this year. If they've got that, you know, the two picks, fifteen and eighteen. Oh, they are then. If yeah. they see somebody about ten or twelve that it looks like the teams right before them might be picking, and they right. really want them. Right. Now they have the leverage to drop that first pick down there and give a second or a third to get – they got a big tackle coming out of Georgia. Yeah. You know, yeah. like 6'6", six, six, yeah. 341, he runs a, a four seven eight. Ugh. If he's there, he might be that middle man you need where you don't need Cox in the middle. And, and you might even go, especially with their small linebacker core, they might run a 3-4 if you've got a dude like that in the middle that's really going to block it up. And, you know, Reddick's, yeah. Reddick's on a smaller side and Edwards and then the fellow Wiley, whatever they just got from uh, from the Chargers, mm-hmm. the leading tackler, they're small in the linebacker thing. Yeah. So yeah. I can see them doing another move like that because they have all these picks. 
All right. This Major League Baseball shift. The shift gets voted out next year in Major League Baseball as a way of increasing action in the game. Controversy reigns as there are two very compelling sides to the difference the shift will make or not. Chad, shift doesn't impact the game. We'll debate Chuck, shift killing lefties, as the panel joins in on this sizzling hot topic. This red hot topic will surely cut into overtime, so let the clock run and have fun, boys. I'll, I'll start. I hope you're prepared, bud. I, I will say right off the bat that from the research I've done the, and the sources I found, I do not think the shift or the lack of a shift will make a big difference. I think it may be a small increase in batting average. I don't think it will be anything drastic, and here's why. So this is from Baseball America. Uh, dot com. Minor league data? Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. well, I'm going to explain <laughs> it here. So the MLB <laughs> instituted two different type of shift restrictions at AA. I think this was this was uh, back, I believe, in 2019. I think they did this. Oh, sorry, 2021 they did this. So when they looked at the um, the averages, the batting averages basically, well, they had two different types of shifts. There was, in the first half of the season, infielders were required to be on the dirt but couldn't be, could not, po- could position themselves anywhere on the infield. And in the second half of the season, two infielders were required to be on each side of second base in addition to being in the dirt. And so if you look at what the batting batting average of balls in play, because that's what you have to look at when it really comes to shifts, when there were no shift restrictions, the batting average was 305. In the first half of 2021, when infielders were required to be on the dirt, the batting average went up to 307, so 305 to 307. In the second half of 2021, when two infielders were required to be on either side of second base, the batting average was 308. So overall, the batting average went from 305 up to 308 at its very best. And when you when they asked the managers what their feelings were, their opinion was that just as many um, outs that the shift gives you, you also um, get so many like cheap hits, like a, a flare to shortstop where no one's playing shortstop. And they really think that that's mostly a wash. Um, so because of that, I don't think that the lack of a shift, banning the shift, is going to make any notable change to the batting averages i think the batting averages have continued to drop because the pitchers continue to get better a little bit each year but really it's knowing where to throw people more than ever if i know that you can't hit low and away or high and in they're just going to feed you that all day long now more than ever with the advanced which uh, professional hitters are better at than guys in double a would you give me that yes or no your honor also better so it, it washes if the pitchers pitch better in the major leagues they're jamming guys into the shift the minor league guys don't have that talent. They don't have the control. Yeah, but just so like the pitchers are better, so are the hitters. So we have to look at both sides. What Were the shift data with right-handed and left-handed batters or just lefties? Because Major League Baseball is really concerned about the left-handed situation. It was all shifts. It wasn't okay. It wasn't. Right. It wasn't limiting either, either side of it. So we almost have to throw the comparison out because Major League Baseball is <laughs> concerned about the – Al, that was great, wasn't it? Yeah, we got to go keep – Oh, wait, going. We're go- I'm taking another well, overtime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got – let me just say – Major League Baseball left these balls in play. Well, we were uh, at 261 to start. We're down to like 230, 228 now. Lefties, balls in play. Obviously, this doesn't include strikeouts, okay? If all the lefties are hitting below 230, you mean to tell me, Al, it's not time? I, I would never tell you two years ago I would be uh, an advocate of getting rid of of something that you work hard at, studying the data analytics, the whole thing, and put the shift in. That, that's all behind the game science. 
But look what it's doing to the game. And your strikeouts are up. What's your opinion, Al? You know, it's ironic. It might sound corny, but you're watching a ball game. You don't realize the shift's on, and all of a sudden your favorite team's there and about to score a run, and you see a rocket hit the right field, and there's yeah. a guy it's out It's a joke. Short field. You should not get thrown out from – all I'm going to say on this field. topic is this. You should not and, – and it killed me how many times Ryan Howard did this. He had to lose yep. 100 hits. Yeah. You smoke a ball in the right field, down. you get thrown out at first. It shouldn't be, and that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, and you can't do that with the righty. If you smoke a ball to left center as a righty, you don't get thrown out at first, okay? Thank you. So it, it really is something that works to the lefty's disadvantage. Now, if both sides of the plate hitters were impacted the same, I would probably not be of this opinion. But what you're saying now is the lefties that pull the ball, and I talked to a pro uh, a month ago about it, and I, uh, he said, I know what you're going to say, Chuck. You're going to say we should do a better job of going the other. He goes, honestly, that's the novice opinion insight that don't know any better. He said, try to take an, a 97-mile-an-hour fastball in on their hands the opposite way because once the shift's on, they don't pitch you outside. They pitch you to the shift. So they don't make it easy for you to go the other way. These are professional pitchers that hit the box. So, I mean, it's next to impossible. you got to get rid of the shift next year. Uh, you know. Yeah, I'm not in favor. I think I won that, I'm by the way. I'm not in favor of, of getting rid of the okay. shift. I think it's it's something that um, is just says the Says the single-hitting, stolen base, stolen base. Uh, yeah. 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 fast yeah, yeah. guy. Lefty. The fast <laughs> lefty, yes. Who had 48 yeah. No, yeah. yeah, he could yeah. just lay what one is, down and right. run the yeah, first. Yeah. You know, would, me, I got to try to <laughs> – right. after I just smoked right. one, three, you know, 280 feet when, on when, the line. When he was 11 years old, they went to Babe Ruth yeah. the league, so yeah. bases were 70 instead of 60. Sure. He had 52 bunt hits as yeah. an 11-year-old. There you go. Well, Get yeah, off. Like we're done. Okay, here we go. Mickey Moniak. Hit 371 in spring training with an OPS of 1.286. Out six weeks with a broken hand. I mean, it's a tough loss. He's been on fire, and uh, it's been really exciting to try to see what Mickey can finally do. Obviously, he's had really, really you know, big aspirations for years now, but how the fans have looked at this guy being, being our, our top draft pick. And he looked like he was finally ready to have a breakout he had a breakout spring for sure and really ready to carry that momentum into the start of the season. So it's really disappointing to see this momentum totally gone now. Now he has to rehab this and really start fresh. Start from I scratch. really hope he can bounce yeah. back because that's, that's really a demoralizing loss there. And we all know how tough it is to take that momentum away. The experience, the momentum, the sink, the everything that you're in, the vibe, the moment. It's the awful. Best. It's it, all it's there. Absolutely it, awful. We're talking about Hitty being contagious. Absolutely. Right? But I, I will say this. At least he knows as he's rehabbing that he not only made the team, okay, but he will be starting center field. And you know what? That's going to give him even more drive to get better. It maybe gets a little stronger. It is a crime, though, that that happened to that poor kid. And what's his dad's advice? Hey, hey, son, before this happened to you, you proved you could be a major league kid. Absolutely. No, you proved you were a number one damn pick. A number one pick. And he he, he had six home runs in the spring. He played like that. And you're talking about the mental aspect with him now is 100%, 99% more than it was before. Absolutely. And you know what really bugged me, though? As soon as you see him get hit, you felt, hope it's not this or that. Right. Then the x-ray says there's nothing broken. Right. And then a day later, you got to come out and say, well, the MRI showed that. It's a hairline fracture, yeah. The MRI right away. I don't know. But <laughs> you know what, Al? Why have the guy 
Okay, so say they rehab him for two weeks and he comes back. Now he goes into a slump, or because it does hurt, and and, and now you just lost the guy after. So, so now that whole spring and the eight, six home runs and the 371, that all gets thrown away. I'd rather have him at least rehab knowing that he ended that way, okay? He ended at 371. Now he just comes back. And he's and I and I think the kid has a breakout year this year, and 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 probably gets a comeback player of the year. There, there shouldn't have been a game this week. They should have ended it Sunday. Send the teams back. Yeah. There are two teams playing. Uh, one of them quit. So we don't have pitchers. I think it was the Orioles. Uh, they were facing bad pitching. Uh, it's just awful. Uh, you want to stuff your stocking with a few extra hits. Awful. Like Harper needs it to yeah. stay sharp for the first Who's game. on fire, by on the fire. way. On or, fire. Or, or Mickey needs it for that matter, okay? Send the boys back home. Play the subs. Cancel the game. That was ridiculous. We got rant time coming up. What's that? Rant? Absolutely. We are in our rant section. We're going to start off with Chad, the whiz kid, Grimley. All right. You're looking for a rant. Well... I will I will say that for the first time in a while I am truly excited to to really be following the Phillies again. Now I will also say that I've I've been spoiled growing up at 26 I was able to see a World Series very young. So I'm very lucky to have seen a good Phillies team for so many years. But the Phillies haven't they're the, the longest playoff drought in the NL right now. So it's been a tough like 10 years watching this team try to bounce back. So I'm really finally think this team has a chance to uh, a really good chance to make the playoffs again so for the first time in a very long time i'm excited to watch this team this year and see what they can do beautiful yeah i'll go next my rant and i i know i seem to go after eagle nation nation a lot maybe that's a natural baseball bias i don't know i, th- I think it's the over hype hype over hype is there such a thing just the ridiculous amount of hype I get from Eagles Nation about baseball. It's not like they can promote their football team. They have to do it at the same time they defrock baseball. And a lot of guys do that. Ray Diddy does that. Uh, Angelo does that. Howard lives that, okay? Everything's smooth with Eagles Nation, regardless of what the subject. Lori was fine the other day when he spoke. Yes. Everything's fine yes, with yes. Howard. And the Sixers won Friday night, and he didn't even bring it up on a Saturday show, okay? (laughs) So, I mean, there's dodgeball with reality there a little bit, Howard. I'm just saying that they got a good team, and today sold out. They added extra players, and I'm going to go on record right now and say there'll be over 30,000 fans uh, for average attendance. They'll be up about 10. Uh, They responded when they signed Harper. The Phillies fans never won anywhere. To Chad's point, you needed a damn team to get excited about but That's the right. knock on baseball, the, the, the calling the sport yesterday ruined, Eskin said. He used the word ruined. Let me tell you something, Eskin. This game's not ruined, okay? From so X, the uh, 46,000 people that are out there today, if the game is ruined. Yeah, they need to make adjustments. They do have to get rid of the shift uh, and other things. Uh, but this game is still the greatest game going in sports, and I put that out this morning. Coach Al, you're next. Well, to stay with the baseball, I think fans love to see more runs. We're purists, a lot of us here. You can throw that term out, but it really applies at this table. And we could appreciate one nothing, 2-1 games. They see the great pitch and sitting behind home plate and watching the move of the ball and this and that. that that's when you've got to, that's when you got to uh, 
realize move runners along and this and that, but now with the runs they're going to score now. But it still comes down to where these four-hour games. Somewhere we've got to, I don't know what the answer is. They've been throwing around the last two or three years. But people fall asleep. So I think they'll stay awake more with all the runs being scored. But uh, And I'm, I'll watch the game coming from the coast at 1030 and stay awake till Just 130. Because we're about clarity. It was three hours and 11 minutes was the average game last year. Which yeah. is the longest of all time as well. Yeah, Just it goes to, up yeah. every year by minutes. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to end uh, with uh, it's opening day. And uh, I'm, I'm also, like Chad, psyched about the Phillies. And it, it reminds me of a team uh, that I had at St. Joe, um, which was a football school, and, and I had mostly football players, and we didn't bunt much. And as a matter of fact, I, I put a quote in the, uh, in the local paper that, that stated we had a beer league softball team. And I, I said, our team is equivalent to a, a beer league softball team. That must team. have been fun. It, it was <laughs> because they printed it as we were on our way to play the, the number one team in, in the state of New Jersey, which was Seneca at the time, and uh, went into the seventh inning with a, uh, oh, God, a 6-1 lead and lost the game 7-6. But the, um, the big home run hitters couldn't field. They couldn't. But anyway, they came for the best as they had just gotten in from their senior trip. Oh, and I challenged Seneca. It was a, it's a great story yeah. for another day. But so the, t- today's, this year's Phillies team reminds me of that team. I think we're in for, I don't know about championships yet, guys, but I'm telling you, we are going to be in for a lot of fun, yeah. a yeah. lot of 10-9 games, a lot of uh, hitting with not so much defense. That's our show for this week. I want to I want to thank all you guys. I, I really enjoy doing this. We got a uh, great producer and wildfire podcasting. Guys, if you like what you hear, please follow us. Uh, our website is speakingofsportspod.com. Our handle on Twitter is speak underscore of underscore sports and uh we'll see you all next week